Miracy. Everything you think about money is impacting if a client says yes to you or not. So I absolutely think everyone has money issues, even when you think you don't. We all have money triggers, money going on. Even people who say, I don't really care about money. Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we are proud to have helped more than 70,000 coaches create a profitable and thriving business. This is a podcast where my guests and I discuss challenging conversations that we face with our coaching clients, but also how we need to take a deeper look into hard-to-crack issues that we might deal with in our own coaching businesses, and to be honest, sometimes just within ourselves. You know, the old myth, hard work pays off. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have to work hard to get your business off the ground. There's a lot that goes into it for sure. Or that you don't need to implement very carefully thought out strategies to grow your business. You absolutely do. But according to my guest, success doesn't just come from hard work, complicated marketing strategies, or by repeating a hundred different affirmations while staring at your face in the bathroom mirror. Like it comes from changing the way you think and feel about your business, your mindset. And I'm going to be talking today to a master business coach, an author of several books, and the founder of Masterpiece Coaching, Gina Gabellini. She's a coach that says, ditch the rules, which is one of the things that I love about her. Be the boss, ramp up the fun, and build a business that makes you wealthy, happy, and free. This is Gina in a very quick nutshell. She may not be everybody's cup of coffee, but she's been liberating business owners from the curse not enough for 20 plus years. And I personally know Gina. We have traveled the world together. We are the Tuscany sisters, the Grecian goddesses. And we love skiing. Our lives have intertwined, not just with business, but with adventure. And I just love how she challenges the way that I think about business, success, money, all of that. And I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome, Gina. I'm so happy to be here. Now, I love that we're going to talk about the mindset around money. But first, before we get into all that, Would you mind sharing a little bit of your background? Yeah. So this is my 26th year in business as a coach. Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) I still remember hearing about coaching for the very first time because I was coaching like for very low cost uh, for a seminar company and I had no idea people were out there coaching on their own. And somebody told me, about a place to learn coaching skills, the Coaches Training Institute. And I said, what? People do this on their own? No way. Let me see what this is all about. I already know how to coach. Can they even teach me something? I'm like, oh, there's a whole different way to coach. And this is what I want to do forever. I can't imagine doing anything else. And I, I still feel that same excitement. And I was just listening as you were doing the intro to this podcast. It was like, how cool that someone just does a podcast just for coaches. Mm, Right? It's so fun. Like we really get to get into the nitty gritties of all of it. Yeah. 
And so I've been coaching for a long time. I've changed niches over the years. So for those of you who are like changing niches or you're scared to change, ah, comes with the territory. The longer you're in, the more refined you get and who you want to work with. And my business has had many makeovers during its time. And it grew from itty bitty, struggling to bigger, to struggling to bigger. And it's been all around the globe. And it's just more fun and more fun. That's really one of the things that uh, is kind of a through line since I've known you. What we've known each other, oh my gosh, eight, 10, 12 years. Like I, I can't remember a time we didn't know each other. It seems like forever that we've been in business, we've been intertwined. But you certainly bring the fun to what you do. Uh, and to helping others make their business fun. Because, you know, I truly believe that when you start out and have your own coaching business, it should be one of the most amazing adventures of your life. Uh, and so I want to talk about one of the core things that really drives sometimes our business, and it's the money mindset, right? So you've said in so many different ways, so many times, mindset trumps all. Like, what do you mean by that? What's the money mindset? Let's get into that. Money is a thing that we have to deal with every day. We're making choices every day in our business, in our lives based on money. And those decisions, the story behind what we think is happening, the emotions behind everything we're doing and the choices that we're making will dictate if that thing grows our business, allows more clients in or not. And if we're doing things for the money, it usually is going to repel clients because we're so focused on making the money. That's why when you're having a hard time in business and you're focused on, I need to make more money now, or, oh my gosh, I'm on a potential client call. You know, you're crossing your fingers. I hope they buy. The more you need buyers, the more you need clients. It's like the money just, it doesn't happen. Even if you're really good at what you do, it won't matter. It doesn't matter how valuable the coaching is if your main concern is, I need more money, I need more money. So it's always going to be the energy behind the moves that you're making that are going to dictate how, what the end outcome is. And if I'm focused on money, what am I focused on? Me. I'm not focused on potential clients. I'm not focused on growing my business or helping more people. I'm so wrapped up in myself. All my energy is on me. And that's not expansive. It's the opposite of putting a welcome sign on your business. Now, you said that it's the energy behind the moves. And I want you to unpack this. This may or may not be the right place to do it, but I thought, hey, I've got you on the call. Might as well dive into it. Before I started my business, like when I was in, I think back to high school, elementary school even, but in high school and college, like I was really good with money. I was good at saving spending within my means. If something was exciting for me, I would save up my money and I would get it and balance my checkbook like to the penny. I was very meticulous. I was investing when I was in high school and college. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I'm doing so good. Go me. And then I start my own business. I do not know what happened, but something switched inside of me. And for the first year in business, I did well. I replaced my income from my job. I was doing good. My lifestyle was great. And it was amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing that coaches can be this successful. And that was my coaching business. And then when I started Coaches Console, for the first several months, something happened. And all of a sudden, my lifestyle was outpacing the money that was coming in. And next thing I know, it was like so fast, I was deep into debt. 
And I'm like, how in the world did this happen? And then I had an entire different experience with money. I was in debt. I didn't want to pay attention to it. I ignored it. It was a horrible relationship. And it took me a while to get out of that. Like, what was it that happened with my money mindset that caused what, you know, I used to be good with money and then all of a sudden I wasn't. Now I am again, but what happened there? I think there's a couple of different things that might have happened. I don't know. Sometimes what's happening in our personal life, which happened to me too, can impact business, like distress, period. Something that takes you off your game. It could be, it could have been the newness of like, oh, this is something different. I maybe like you went into like software and systems and it was new. So what do you think was different? Like, and if you look at your belief around growing this business, what was different? The biggest different, like when I look at my coaching business, because it was amazingly successful, it was just me. And I could control and determine what was happening, how much money I needed to come in, what my expenses were. Like it was really that true solopreneur hobby turned business, right? Yeah. But with the coaches console, that was not just my hobby turned business. Like that was legit a business with a business partner with much greater expenses that were beyond, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't have to go out to eat as much and I can lower my expenses. But now, you know, I had programmers, developers and like all that kind of stuff. So it was like a legit business, not just a hobby that I was making more money at. Okay. So it sounds like non-attachment. When you started your business, you were just in the fun of it. You were in the inspiration of it. And all of a sudden there becomes pressure, responsibility. And with that came fear, like, will I be able to pull this off? Yes. Like I knew I could pull off the other. I have no idea why or how, but I did. And then when I launched the second business, you're exactly right that the fear, the stress, the worry, and like you said, I'd been doing coaching all along. It was my natural style, but now a technology company, I had no idea, never done technology before. So yeah, I think you're right. It's that newness with attachment that was driving the fear. Is that how you describe it? Would you say that's true for a lot of entrepreneurs? Absolutely. You had multiple things going. You now were not totally in control because you had a business partner. And I had a feeling you were going to say something about that just because you know, that adds a whole different dynamic. I just went through this this week earlier. I had this total gremlin attack. You know, personally, I just bought an Airbnb. Well, this is really my first business with my mate. And we had these unexpected expenses that he was all for. And I was like, I don't think that should be a priority right now. And I had that moment of panic, like, oh my God, I'm so scared. And I was driving home from where this place was. It's three hours away. And I was like, I can't even listen to my audiobook in the car. Like, what is happening? I need to turn everything off and feel into it. I said, Oh, it's a trigger, a feast of or famine. Like when I was a teenager and I just moved out. Out of control. I feel out of control. Ah, oh, okay. So what do I need to do to feel back in control? Because we're always in control. It's just that you know, that belief that maybe we don't know what we're doing. How can I impact this? Or I'm not totally in control because I have a partner or other people are, you know, have weight. They have a part of the decision-making process. So I just need to decide no matter what my partner wanted, no matter what the expenses look like right now, of course, we are going to figure all this out and we're going to land on top because that is what I have decided. 
Let's talk more about that because I hear you say that a lot. Like, that's what I've decided. It's like you make a declaration to yourself, those around you, and the universe as a greater entity. And you're like, look, this is, here's what is going to be. And then it unfolds. And most people have it the other way around. They react to what they see and they're like, oh, look what is, look what's happened. Dive into that, like that declaration piece when you make that kind of decisive statement. So usually it takes my fear to alert me. Oh, I absolutely don't think I'm going to get my desired outcome right now. I am worried that this is not going to turn out the way that I want. Anything that's important to me, I tend to have those feelings pop up at some point. Oh, I better pay attention. Let me stop everything. Let's not cover it up with this pretend positivity that this thing is going to turn out because clearly I'm worried about this at some level. Maybe it's not in the front of my mind, but it's yakking way back there. So I'll go, okay, what am I afraid of? What do I think is not going to happen? Am I doing this all in vain? And when I have those moments, oh, I have opted in to doubt right now and I need to opt into what I want. And a decision is you really just taking charge. It's you getting back in the boss's seat because we're all the boss of our business, right? We're making up all the rules. All right, if I'm the boss lady here, what is it that I'm deciding? Because once you make a decision, it is like closing the door on the worry. It's a fact. I have decided I'm going on vacation. I've decided. And if I'm deciding, I start putting plans in place. Will I choose where I go? How am I going to get there? Who's going with me? I'm not going on vacation until I decide. I can talk about a bucket list place to travel, but until I've decided, I'm just thinking about it. So a decision takes you over that line into, no, this is happening. I don't have to know how, at the moment of choice, how I'm going to get to that end destination or how I'm going to get clients or how I'm going to create that software. But I've decided that I will find a way. So I'm opting out of all other ideas around this that have to do with fear. Not doing this is not an option. So I'm not making myself available to the fear. I'm choosing something else. Now, when I think about all the entrepreneurs, startup, it actually doesn't matter what level, but let's just look at startup as you're getting started. Maybe you should be one of the prerequisites. Like before you launch your coaching business, let's have a little look at the money mindset. Would that be? Like if somebody's getting ready to start their coaching business, is that something that should be recommended? Or it's like, you know, it's just going to come, it's going to happen. We'll see how it unfolds and then we'll deal with it when it shows up. No, I believe everyone should make it a number one priority. I think most people focus on marketing and I got to get clients, but everything you think about money is impacting if a client says yes to you or not. So I absolutely think everyone has money issues, even when you think you don't. When we think of our money mindset, How does that get formed? How does your money mindset get formed? Like in the beginning, before we coach? Yeah, like I paused because I was like, well, I had a money mindset and then it changed and I had a different money mindset and then it changed again. So yeah, in the beginning, like let's use our business as context. You know, how is our money mindset formed with that? Business sends us up into our our brain to figure things out. And we often think it is the mechanics of what we do that gets us the client. Oh, it was that marketing strategy. It's the way I do an enrollment conversation. It's this tactic. It's me being on social media. 
we all start equate from other business owners or what we experience in the beginning. We start equating that to the formula of how you make money and what people don't realize. It's like there are infinite strategies to attract clients. It's not the strategy. It's what you believe about the strategy. Are you doing something that's like part of your superpower? Like I like doing webinars. I'm an extrovert. I like to do Q&A. I like to talk to the people. It energizes me. If you're an introvert and it's going to like zap your energy to be talking to a lot of people, there's infinite more ways that you could go find your jam. And if you were excited about it, it's your excitement about the strategy that will gain you the client, not the actual strategy. I've taken classes from so many people around how to get clients. You know, go do Facebook ads. Go do launches, do this. And I've tried stuff that I because I thought it was good for me, because I thought that's what I had to do. And no matter how good it worked for other people, it wouldn't work for me because I never really truly wanted to do that strategy in the first place. I just thought I was supposed to. It's a should. That's never gonna give me money. And it's disappointing and it's frustrating. So let's talk about your money mindset if you want to level up your business. Because I had that experience as well. Like I would reach a certain plateau in, uh, like with Coach's Console, and then we would bump past that. And then I would hit another plateau. And there was like these plateaus that kept happening. What is going on with your money mindset or what needs to go on with your money mindset if you want to level up your business? It's really hard to make money when we feel contracted and caught up in all the little particles, it zaps our money mojo. It puts us up into our thinking brain and our thinking brain is good. However, when it starts going in circles and the figuring out part isn't fun, like it goes from brainstorming into painful, that it's going to kill our money mojo. That's when I say, just drop into your heart. That's the only place you need to be connected. And don't worry, it will come together. And I think it's important to know it's not necessarily our job to figure out the details. They will arrive sometimes as breadcrumbs, sometimes like as this profound download of clarity and be willing to just stay open, even if it doesn't happen right away. Because the more we can trust the outcome, the more the money flows in. We're not all like bound up by figuring something out. We're not stressing. Stress repels money. It's that flowing place where we feel excited. We could be in the eager anticipation of figuring things out, but that's a different energy than I've got to figure this out. Cause I don't know about you all. Whenever I think I need to figure something out, whether it's a name of a new program or, oh my gosh, I need somebody on my team, a new person on my team. I don't even know what that position would be called. The more I sit there and figure it out, the more painful it is. That's not inviting to new money for sure. Now, you wrote an article at mindshift.money and you talked about the struggling entrepreneur syndrome. Just it's nothing more than a, you know, a nasty scarcity mindset. Can you elaborate on I love that, the struggling entrepreneur syndrome. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah. We just have this thing in our head that it takes A, B, and C to have a successful business. You know, I, I used to be jealous of people who started like their coaching business and they would be much newer. You know, I've been in the business for years and then I would watch these people go from zero 
to say six figures in their first year. And then later I started seeing people go from zero to seven figures in a year. I'm like, what? How? What? I don't even understand that. Like, Gina, yes, you do. They didn't necessarily, they either were so confident in their plan that it seemed inevitable, or they were literally just in the excitement of it. Those are the two ways that you're able to build a business fast. And that's available to all of us. We all are available to let the money in because it's not about necessarily what we're doing. Like I had a client last night, she was just talking about it on a call today. And she said her whole niche is on sleep, like getting more sleep. And somebody texted her in the middle of the night or reached out to her on Messenger in the middle of the night because they couldn't sleep. They were in a different time zone than her. She was sleeping. And she's like, I got a new client. I'm like, see, you're getting clients and you sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's the way that it should be. Money does not come in relationship to the amount of work you do or the amount of suffering or the amount of things you put in place. It comes in because you are expecting it to come in because you said so. Now, how do you help? You were just talking about one of your clients. When your clients come to you, how do you help them discern their money mindset or discern their mindset? I think it's usually revealed in the first conversation. I mean, we're all dropping clues. We don't even know it. Uh, It's in the way that we talk about our business, um, how we refer to it, what we expect we think we have to do, how much money we expect to make or how much a specific offer is going to make us. We're revealing it all the time with what we're expecting, the way that we're talking about it. and. The first thing I always look at is, well, what are we assuming? What do we think is what determines how much money we make? Because that will just tell you everything. Because almost all of it is not true. (laughs) Almost all of it. Unless it's got infinite possibilities, it's probably not true. Most of the stories that we have about our money mindset are not going to serve us. They've all got limiters built in. You have to do this in order to get that. Or if you do this, there's some sort of suffering that's included in this and you just have to suck it up and do it. Like social media. I just don't do social media. I do it privately. Like I post on my personal page all the time. I don't have a strategy. It doesn't even occur to me to post stuff on social media. I suck at it. It's not that I hate it. It just doesn't even occur to me. And so I've had to wrestle with, am I not going to grow my business if I don't do social media? Then I had to come back and say, Do I want to do social media? The answer was pretty much no. Do I have some sort of presence? Sometimes. (laughs) And so I just have to challenge my assumption that if I want to grow my business, is it really true I have to do social media? Nope. How do I know? Because it would be a have to. I would be doing it because I'm supposed to. And if I do something because I'm supposed to, that means I'm not really tapped into my inner guidance my creativity, and I won't bring my best self there. And when I don't bring my best self, that probably means I'm not going to attract clients there anyway. I could say all the right things, but the energy behind it is I have to do this. I wasn't at my best. I wasn't connected to what I really wanted when I did it. So therefore, it won't do me any good. I could do all the social media I want. It'll just be a lot of wasted hours. Now, when I think about the newer coaches that are in the industry, coming into the industry, and they want to coach around money, money mindset, mindset in general, that type of thing. I have a number of times, not always, but a number of times I've seen where the person, the coach 
has had their own personal journey with some money breakthroughs. And they're like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to know about this. And then they start coaching around it, as is how most of us as coaches get our start. And I, I see that they don't take responsibility to continue to work on their own money mindset, yet they are trying to serve others to help them with theirs. What do you say to our listeners about working with clients on this topic and managing themselves on this topic? How do you, how do you handle that? I probably have a more interesting take than others. I don't believe that you have to have your stuff, your shit totally together around your topic in order to coach on it. As long as you're constantly engaged in walking your talk, you can still be in your own evolution. When I was at my absolute worst in my business, there was a year where everything fell apart. I was making over six figures and then I wasn't. It had nothing to do with business. It was, I was stressed out in my personal life about a personal issue. And it just totally took me out of my power in all of life, including my business. And at the time, I remember being mortified because I had called myself the extreme abundance coach. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, what a lie, right? I'm in the worst place financially I could ever be. I'm called the extreme abundance coach. If anybody found out, oh my gosh. How embarrassing. This is mortifying. I'm so out of integrity. And really, it was just my shame about it that was wrong. It was okay. If I would have just been okay and surrendered into what, like, okay, well, I'm having a little setback right now. What do you want to do about it? (laughs) If I would have had that, I would have probably gotten out of the hole much quicker than I did. So I think that as long as you are confident in your expertise, because as a coach, the good thing is we don't have to know all the answers. Thank God. We just have to ask really great questions and tap into our intuition and use our coaching skills to help clients move forward. While at the same time, we're working on our own stuff. I'm still working on money mindset. I mean, it's an all the time thing. And I don't think that the more money you make that you're necessarily all good and you never have to work on mindset again. But I think that we're going to be constantly, you know, bumping up against new ceilings and new stretching a new way because It's like, you know, the way that we are brought up is still going to come back out at you. Like you won't be willing to spend money on one thing, but then you'll like buy a coaching package like me. Oh, I can't afford that over there. But oh, look at me. I'm going to go spend 60 grand on a coach. I'm like, oh, isn't that fascinating that I won't go buy that other thing that will help my business. But this other thing, I'll go find money that wasn't even there before a minute ago. But I'm going to go find the money to make that happen. It is interesting the role that our mind plays in all of this. Uh, that our mind, that our energy, you and I could talk, oh my gosh, days about this. And I just want to summarize some of the things that we've talked about today, because we've covered some interesting ground. Like we started with talking about, you know, the money mindset is really the energy behind the moves you're making, the story, the emotion, the choices, right? It's that, it's that energy. And We have to look at our beliefs, what triggers the fears, the doubts that constricts the flow in our business, in our money. You took us through this incredible process. I took in my notes, I called it the declaration, right? Where you, all of a sudden you use your fear to alert you. It's like, wait a minute, I'm thinking something here that's not in alignment with what I really think. Fear is here to alert me. Like you leverage your fear, you don't run from your fear. I loved how you described that. And you talked about how you pay attention. You give it space, don't cover it up, don't put on the happy face, right? Like you give it the space, you identify the fear, the perceptions, right? I call them the villains, gremlins, right? 
And then I love the way you described it. You're like, oh, wait, I have just opted into doubt. Let me get back to what I really believe. And you just, you're like, oh, wait, that was a temporary moment of insanity. Let me stop this. And then you made the decision. What am I deciding here? And I love how you said you don't have to know how, right? You don't have to know how it's going to unfold, but you do have to decide. And then the last step, because when you do that, you opt out of all the fear options. You close the door on them. And then you said, I am the boss of my life, which I love that we have to remember we are the boss of this. And then you talked about the, you know, it's often we think the tactics and strategies and mechanism that gets us money, but it's not. Like there's so many out there, but it's what you believe about the strategy, what's aligned with you. We talked about leveling up your business and how it's hard to make money when you're contracted. And we talked about you, what you call the struggling entrepreneur syndrome and how to discern your money mindset. And then I love the last thing you said when we were talking about the money mindset, the journey that we're all on, it's an all-time thing. And I love that because it's we're always ever evolving. And I think that's where we can serve our clients in the best ways when we're committed to that evolution within ourselves. Not, I have arrived, I'm done. But look at where I'm going, look at where I've been, look at where I'm going next. Gina, is there anything else that you want to add? Any parting words you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, don't make it a big, hairy deal when you notice that your money mindset sucks. Like, we always like, oh my God, I need a breakthrough. I'm so stuck. When we say that, we're we're making ourselves small. It makes it sound like it's so hard, like it's Mount Everest to climb. And we're usually just one thought away from the breakthrough, or we're already in the breakthrough that we don't even recognize it. Just don't make it a big, hairy deal. Be lighter about it all. You know, cut yourself some slack. It's like, so what? We all get stuck. Don't make it like, don't make yourself wrong. That's just, I mean, there's nothing faster going to steal your money mojo than making yourself wrong. Like, oh, I can't believe I made that choice or this thing failed or I blew it with that client. So what? (laughs) Who cares? Let it go. Let's get over it. Nice. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Gina for this amazing and rich conversation about money. You can find out more about her and actually grab an amazing resource that she has for everybody at moreclientsnowtemplate.com. That's moreclientsnowtemplate.com. Gina, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Making It and Once Upon a Business. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Eni is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. To get future great episodes that are coming out on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Miracy.
And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.